Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Well, this morning I find it not surprising, but um, always interesting in and then I come in with some preparation done, some word that the Lord has given me, and then we get in here and we pray, and I hear echoes of that word released in the atmosphere. And then we get in here and the songs start to, to play, and I hear echoes of that same word. Um, so I don't know who's in trouble this morning, but the Lord is after somebody's heart this morning. I'm pretty sure it's not me, but um, we'll find out together, apparently, um, but, uh, but I want to kind of pick up where I left off two weeks ago. Um, and two weeks ago, I talked about the, the importance of being spirit-led. Um, and if you weren't here, just a couple points from that is I, uh, is I talked about the conflict between the spirit man and the natural man and how they're always at war. And there is, there is this tug of war over your soul that happens between the spirit man and the natural man. And we have to allow, there is a willful act that we have to do to allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit. And that involves dying to self. That involves separating ourselves from that natural man and allowing our spirit man to rise. And maybe even more so, allowing us to learn the language of the spirit man, to become familiar with the sound of his voice and how the spirit man moves within us to, to help lead us and guide us. And it's the, that suppression of self and the, and the, the separation from the natural man. Um, Olivia talked about it in her scripture from Philippians um, about dying to self. Count it all as worthless for that unity of the spirit and in Christ. And then the, the last thing that, that I'll, I'll kind of borrow from last week, we talked about the, the oak tree. Um, the oak tree is one of those that, that all year long, it'll, it'll grow and have, have leaves on it. And then when fall comes, it will lose some of its leaves, but not all of its leaves. And through the winter, through the season, when all the other trees are stripped bare, that oak tree will hang on to those leaves. And they will withstand that, that time of, of the brutal winter until that season comes where new growth pushes out the old. And so there's, there's a principle there where that separation in that old leaf, the separation in that thing that has come out of season, that, it, that it, it is really trying to separate itself from, only gets separated when there's new growth. And so there's a principle there that, that when the Holy Spirit comes in, some of those things that, that we want to separate ourselves from, that we can see in ourselves that are not good for our spiritual health, that are part of that natural man that we just can't easily let go of, sometimes has to wait until there's a season of growth in our lives where that spirit man rises up and can finally separate us from those things that cling to us. So, so that's just a little bit of last week, and I want to continue this week and continue talking about the spirit leading in our lives and, and how that ought to be our number one desire. And again, the song this morning, Holy Spirit, come rest on us, you're all I want. And that ought, to, that ought to be what we strive for. It ought to be just the cry of our heart. It's to really live, as, as Paul described in, in the text, 
counting it all as, as lost, all as worthless for that one thing in Christ. And so I want to continue talking about the, that this morning. Um, you know, I think about the, the principle of church and what we're in, in this part of the service for, especially it's equipping the saints. It is to, to get into the word, get into that rhema, that fresh revelation of the word, and really expose something to, to your heart, to your mind, and, and, and just to your understanding in the word that allows you to, to become strengthened in your spirit and more resolute in your mind to strive for Christ. And so that's what we want to do here this morning, um, is really uh, give you another uh, tool, if you will, in your box, um, in your toolbox that allows you to, to grow and mature in Christ. So I'm going to read this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. And if you will, let's honor God, let's stand for the reading of the word. Again, 1 Corinthians 2 chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 9 through 14. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't it nice to know that God has prepared something that we cannot even imagine? And that the God of love who is good who is love, has something prepared for us that we cannot fathom. He is so great and so good that our mind is simply incapable of imagining how good that is. That's the God we serve. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except the person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths. From God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that feeds that spirit man within us. Lord, I ask that you would bless our time together this morning. Let this word come alive and feed and nourish the hungry souls that are gathered here today. Lord, we thank you for it, and I ask that your Holy Spirit would be free to move in this atmosphere right now. Move over your word, over your presence here today, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So there's a couple things I want to draw out of this scripture, and the, and the first of it is that the Holy Spirit is active. The Holy Spirit is not a passive thing that just sits there waiting to respond. The, the scripture tells us that the spirit searches out. That means he's active. There's a verb and an action there that the Holy Spirit is moving and searching out. And what is he searching out? Everything. So the Holy Spirit has got to be the busiest thing that we can't imagine. Because he is searching out everything. Every uh, piece of our life, every mystery in the universe, every, uh, everything around us, 
The Holy Spirit is searching out all of those things. And to do what and for what purpose? To show us God's deep secrets. Well, isn't it nice to know that there's a Holy Spirit that is living down inside you when you believe, that is searching every circumstance and every situation, looking for that opportunity, that, that divine appointment to go, who, look, let me show you this secret from the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that an awesome thing? I'm just blown away that, that the Holy Spirit is out there just, and I can imagine it like an excited child, just waiting for things to happen where they, they look at us and go, you know, are they ready? Are they going to receive it? Are they going to hear it this time? And I got to think that they're looking at us and going, I don't know. <laughs> they missed it last time, you know. Um, this one's particularly hard-headed, you know. But then I, I got to think much like when we try to share with friends and loved ones and, and that, you know, we're not successful in that. We have to take the mindset of, you know, we're planting seeds. And if you've ever seen one of, those, one of those great pictures of this boulder that's sitting out there and it's cracked right down the middle and there's one tree that's growing up through there. And what that tells me is that, is that if we're faithful to plant those seeds, there will eventually be a seed that breaks in there. And it doesn't matter how hard and stony that heart is, that seed will eventually make a path. To, to break that heart open and tenderize that and make it available for more seeds. And more seeds beget more seeds. And fruit will multiply in its season and that heart will break. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is active. It's not passive and it searches everything and every opportunity to show us God's deep secrets. So... Um, Verse 11, no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And so what I want to draw out of this is that, is that the spirit lives within us. There is a spirit inside each of us. And it is separate from the Holy Spirit. And I'll show you that in just a minute. But it is separate from the Holy Spirit. And it says that our spirit knows our thoughts. And I, and I, I look at this and I think about my own life and my own experience. And even before I knew Christ and even before I was churched, um, even before I had some of this language, I would get in situations where it's like, I know that's not right. You know? And, and, and I, I, you know, there, there's a the thing, and I guess the best example is just integrity, right? What do you do when nobody's looking, right? That's your integrity. And that, and that comes from a place, not up here, not where your thoughts are, you know? Because, because the world would say, right, if you can get away with it, do it, Right? Nobody's looking, no one's going to catch you, right? Is it a crime if no one catches you, right? Does a tree make a sound if it falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, right? But integrity says, yes, it does, and it matters. It matters what I do when no one's looking because it matters to me, right? And so there, there is a spirit inside of us that knows our thoughts. In verse 12, and when we have received God's spirit, so it's a separate spirit now, not the world spirit, and I'll come back to that maybe in a few minutes, but when we receive God's spirit, we can know the wonderful thing God has freely given us. And so when you become a believer, when you get that deposit of the Holy Spirit that lives within you, there, there comes an equipping with the Holy Spirit. And that equipping allows us to understand. It gives us knowledge, it gives us insight that we wouldn't have otherwise. And I love this equipping of the Spirit because it, it talks about the difference between human wisdom and what the Spirit's wisdom is. 
Because again, the spirit is searching everything and he's looking for an opportunity to inject himself in the middle of your situation, into the middle of your, your discussion, into the middle of your issue, into the middle of that great vacation you're on. The Holy Spirit is looking for an opportunity, searching everything for that opportunity to inject himself into your mind and into your thoughts. And to share the wonderful things God has freely given us. Now, in verse 13, uh, Paul says that, that when they are sharing these things, they're not sharing words that come from human wisdom. And so I, I think that that's interesting here that there is a, a spiritual wisdom that they talk about here. And dropping down a little further, it says, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. And I pray that anyone who gets up here, anyone who shares a word, anyone who, who is inspired in that moment to share is quickened by the Spirit, shares words by the Spirit, because that is what's going to change the environment and the atmosphere. That is responding to that opportunity where the Spirit rises up and says, hey, I've got something to say, and you go, okay, use me. And there is a willingness that you have to have to allow the Spirit to use you, because you can, you can sit there and go, well, you know, I, I'm not really one to share. Um, I, I'm not really, I don't normally do that. And you can, you can quench the spirit. You can keep that spirit from being able to move. Because he is, again, he's looking for opportunities to, to reach out and touch the world. And those opportunities come through you at times. Verse 13. We speak words given to us by the spirit using the spirit's word to explain spiritual truths. So the Spirit's words reveal spiritual truths. Okay? It's spiritual words reveal spiritual truth. So there's an inadequacy of natural man to express spiritual truths. And it is only through the equipping of sharing those spiritual words that we can gain the revelation of spiritual truths. So the Holy Spirit is... Amazing. It's, it's a great uh, expression of God through people when they're willing to, to use it. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. And that ought to hurt our hearts a little bit. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to share this today is because of that one text. Because I, I, I know people who are very knowledgeable about the word, they, they know the Bible, they can quote it really well, but I don't think it ever penetrates their heart. It doesn't ever move on their spirit. I think it becomes an academic study of a book, and they are experts on the book. They are not experts on God, they're not experts on the Holy Spirit, but they're experts on what's in the book. And that hurts my heart a little bit, and it hurts my heart a lot, actually. But I also don't, I also recognize that we only know in part, that the Spirit only reveals to us in part. And I've had those experiences, and this is where God has me, and I just feel like he's pulling us all this way, is that we've more than likely you've had the experience where you have heard or said something and had the reaction like, well, you're the third person to tell me that today. That's so interesting you would say that I was just reading about that, that it's just what I needed to hear. And I believe it's in those moments that that's a confirmation that, that the word you shared and how the Spirit moved, moved either for you or through you is simply a confirmation of that Spirit. 
And I look at that and I go, that's, I want to live in that vein. I want to live in that stream. I want to constantly live with the Holy Spirit moving through me. Because I look at my own life and I go, they're far too infrequent. They're far too infrequent. I spend a lot of time up here in my head in what I know and understand. And I think about what I'm going to say and I choose my words carefully. But I want to be at the place where that Holy Spirit can freely move through me. Where when he speaks and he says, go and do or, or share this or whatever, I don't, I don't sit there and debate with him. It's like, oh, I don't know. Are they going to be weirded out by that? You know, is that, am I hearing the spirit? Is that just me overthinking it again? Right? I, I want to be so familiar with the move of the spirit in my own life that when he says move, I move. Right? I want to have that obedience and I want to have that confidence and that courage to step boldly into what he's asking me to do. And yes, there are moments now, but I want to live there. I, I, I don't want to have one of those moments where I go, I blew it. I missed it. Because I, I, I can tell you I've probably had far more of those than I've had those where I feel like I've really got it. And I just, I just, I just want to stop blowing it. I just want to stop missing it. And I want you all to come along with me in that. Because I know there's an equipping. If he's doing it for me, and, and I know who I am, and, and I think, you know, a lot more about a lot of you than I think about me, because I know all my faults. I know the things I struggle with and the, and the things I've ignored and the, and the people who try to speak into my life that I won't receive from, and, and everything comes in seasons and all of that. And I know where my shortcomings are. And if he'll use me, and if he'll move through me in those moments where I can be obedient, where I can share that word, where I can share that message, where, where I can call that person or text that person or whatever the situation may be. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. And so I, wanna, I just want to bring everyone along with this, and I want just everyone to understand that there is more to be had in the spirit. All right, let me see where I'm at. So how do we begin? How do we begin this journey? I think what I've landed on today is that, is that we have to recognize that man is made up of three parts. And this is found in, uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. There's other ones. You can look it up. There's this great debate about whether man is two parts or three parts. Um, I look at it and I see three parts. Um, but you study your word. You, you figure it out. We'll talk about it later, okay? First uh, Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace, and this is Paul's greeting to the, to the church here at Thessalonica. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he calls you faithful. So isn't it, isn't it nice to know that God is active and he is working to bring about this holiness in every way of your whole spirit, soul, and body. But what I see here is there's three people. There's three portions of the person here. And, and Daryl, if you'll entertain me, I'm going to let you be the middle because we, we had dinner last night. We talked about it last night. But I need two other people that will stand up here for just a minute and just smile and be full of joy. 
Come on. All right, come on, Ken. I need one more. Come on. All right, Daryl, I'm going to put you right in the middle. Very good. Ken, that side. All right, perfect. All right, so I wanted to illustrate this because um, when I saw this, um, I don't know, how many of y'all are visual learners? How many of y'all know that about yourself? A few of you? Okay, good. How many of you are, um, are auditory learners? Anybody else? Okay, all right. Um, what's the other one? Tactile? I guess that's more of your hands, right? You got to have the book. You got to follow along with your finger, those kind of things, yeah? So, so for me, kind of having a visual example kind of helped me see this. Um, nothing you couldn't understand with just words, but helping me. Uh, hopefully this helps you as it did me. Okay, so we've got three people here, and we've got three parts of, uh, three parts of, of man, if you will. And, and nothing sexist about that. I'm just man generically, okay? So, so over, over here we've got the natural man or the body of man, okay? In the middle, we have the soul of man, and over here, the spirit of man. And maybe appropriately, this is a woman. I'm not sure. But anyway, anyway, men, hard-headed, women, a little, a little less, okay? Uh, less hard-headed, not, not, anyway, not less. So, so the natural man, <laughs> yeah, this is going downhill fast, isn't it? <laughs> Lord, help me. So the natural man, this, this is the physical body. This is what interacts with our world. This is our five senses. Um, this is where we see and hear and hi, and, um, and experience the world around us. In the middle is, is our soul. And this is where, where our mind, will, and emotions are housed. This is the decision center in our body. Some of us hold it a little bit better than others, maybe. And then over here we have spirit man. And, and this, is, this is that internal voice that we have. Now, a, a quick point here I want to draw out. In this text, it says your whole spirit, which means to me that, that if he's referencing a whole spirit, then what is, what is the partial spirit? And I had to think about this for a moment, and then it, then it hit me. That partial spirit is the one who doesn't know God, who has not received the Holy Spirit. You see, God has made man in his image, but man is incomplete apart from God. And so there, there is this absence inside of man that resides in the spirit man that has this desire to be filled and can't satisfy it. And it looks to the world, it, it looks to that natural man, tries to satisfy it over here, and is not content. Because what it's, what it's missing is part of the spiritual man and that, that handshake and connection where the spirit comes in. And so there's a gap and a hole over here that the whole body feels and tries to get satisfied with stuff in the world. And it just can't find that satisfaction in the world. And we know that leads to all kinds of good behaviors. So, so we're incomplete apart from God. Romans uh, 8.16 says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So when we come to know Christ, when we have that salvation moment, there is a deposit made. And if I had said that without this context, everyone would agree and say amen. But in this context, understand that, that the spirit man is not whole 
until it receives that deposit. And so now we have the whole spirit. <laughs> you take a risk sometimes, you know. Sometimes it works out, sometimes. We, I know, it's fine, it's fine. So we have the whole spirit, we have the mind, will, and emotions, and then we have the natural body that, that is, is the interface to the world. All right. Um, so the world is wicked. Any doubts? Anyone want to argue me on that? The world is also very loud. The world hollers for attention. Can I say hollers? Yelled? Do y'all know that word up here? I'm going I'm I'm to come out of uh, the right county there. But, but the world clamors for attention. All you got to do is, is just drive down the road. There's billboards everywhere. There's bright colors everywhere. All that is to get our attention. And that just continues throughout our day. Um, you probably can't open your phone anymore without having some ad pop up as soon as you do anything. Right? That is the world clamoring for attention, clamoring to say that something other than God is the most important thing you should, should focus on right in this moment. And so the world is loud. It is in your face. It is... Um, demanding of attention, and the world is wicked, and it is wicked just like the serpent in the garden. If you think all the way back to Adam and Eve, the oldest trick in the book, he's, the serpent went to Eve and said, is that what God really said? Are you sure about that? Surely he did not say that, right? And it, and it caused Eve to doubt, and the world does the same thing. It says the most important thing for you is me, myself, and I is you've got to gratify self, you've got to gratify, you know, number one, you've got to look out for number one, and that's what the world does. It tries to say that it's more important. Your, your place in the world and how you interact with all those things and, and whether you've arrived and you've got the, the car and the house and all that, that's what's important. And it twists what really should be important. Well, the spirit man is opposite of the world. The spirit man tends to be that small voice. When you get into one of those situations and your integrity is tested, it's that small voice that says, it's not a good idea. And being a small voice, you can push it away. And you can debate it, and you can, you can get, get here in the middle, and you can decide, am I going to listen to the spirit, or am I going to listen to the world? And so the, the spirit man doesn't clamor for attention, but it is also there to say, I told you so. How many of y'all will admit you'd had, a, had one of those occasions where you went through something and it didn't work out and you go, I knew it. I knew I should have gone the other way. I knew I should have not taken the interstate home from here because they're construction. Right? And, and well, you, you beat yourself up over it, right? And we say, I knew it. If I had just listened to that little voice in my head. If I had just listened to that little voice, I wouldn't have blown it. I wouldn't have missed it. And that's, that's that little voice in there in our spirit. And when you're beating yourself up, it's the little voice that goes, yep, better luck next time. And what lies between the spirit man and the natural man is your soul. And it, it's taking input either from here or from here, and it's got to decide 
which one it's going to listen to. And it's proverbial, that, that, that picture of the cartoon with the little good angel over here and the little bad angel over here, you've got these two voices, if you will, the world clamoring for attention and making noise and demanding that you pay attention to it, and this other little voice on the inside that says, you know, you really shouldn't. And they are at conflict with one another. They're at conflict when God is present, when the Holy Spirit is present. Now, there are some people who don't know God, who have never received that deposit of the Holy Spirit. And and this spirit man is essentially turned off. And they have given themselves completely over to the world. And that is a scary place to be. And our job is to go to those people and tell them that there's another voice that I'll be listening to. And that there is a deposit that they're missing from heaven that they need in their life. That thing that's a hole in their life, the thing that has been driving them to addiction and to hurt and pain and loss and all those things is something that can be fixed. And it is through Christ and the deposit of his Holy Spirit and making him number one and putting aside natural man that allows us to heal, it allows us to grow, and allows us to be full. And so when the world says... You can't pay your bills. When the world says, you know, there's, there's trouble in the neighborhood, there's, there's, there's trouble on your job, there's trouble uh, in, in whatever circumstance, you, there's fighting in your family, there's difficulty with your children and all that kind of stuff, then the, 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 the man, the spirit man, the soul in the middle tends to turn this way and pays a lot of attention to those things that are happening right now. Right? Because they're, they're all connected. They're all connected. And the world is, is putting such pressure over here that it, it, it now takes. Come on, Daryl, turn all the way. So if he has got all his attention going this way, then he's not paying any attention over here. And the word says that, that, that the world out here brings sin into our life, and following sin leads to death. But when we get saved and when we're imparted with the Spirit, our attention now gets torn. And so there's, there's seasons, right, in our life and, and even moments when we'll turn to the Spirit and we'll, we'll consult the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is over here whispering in our spirit's ear, tell him this, show him this, reveal to him this. And so then the... the soul of man has to look at the spirit and has to give a, a authority to, to uh, has to give, a, let me try this again, has to allow or listen to the spirit man. And that's despite all the noise that's coming in over here. You see, when, when our soul looks at the world and sees all those outside things, right, we go through these ups and downs, right? Our, our job is great, we got a raise, oh, we wrecked the car right? Um, things are great at home, and now somebody's sick, right? And we can go on this roller coaster of emotions up and down and up and down and up and down when we pay attention to the world and what, what our senses are telling us and what the outside world tells us. But if we'll simply turn and we'll listen to the spirit that says, God's got you. He's not caught off guard. He's not surprised. When all this happened, you know what? He didn't even get in a hurry. 
And if we can keep our mind set on the Spirit, just like Ken said, peace. Because now all the turmoil that happens over here doesn't affect our focus over here. And we sing about this morning about keeping our eyes on him. And it really is true. And, and, and I'm not, I'll just tell you right now, I'm not great at this. I strive to be. I want to be. But you know what? I, I know even in my own life that situations happen, even yesterday. And aggravation takes over. And my eyes narrow. And I just want to turn my back to that little voice. And at the end of the day, when I finally calm down and all the, the aggravation stuff soothes and I can see what kind of disaster I made of the day and the people I've hurt, then I've got to go back to the Spirit and go, how do I fix this? And there's some humility that has to go along with that. But there's this stability in knowing and listening to that Spirit man. And knowing that God is there and the Holy Spirit is active and searching every opportunity to reveal God's truth to you. He's just looking for that opportunity to speak into your life to bring that stability and peace. All right, I want to go to Romans 8. You guys, thank you very much. Romans 8, uh, verses 5 through 12. And this, is, this is how the, the scriptures put this whole situation here. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Your attention is focused on those sinful things. It's focused on the natural world, focused on those things that the prince of this world would distract you with. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about these things that please the Spirit. And so if we can get our attention and our focus off of the world, off of circumstance, and get it onto the Spirit with the reassurance that, that God has us, that he is, has destined good for us, he knows the plans he has for our lives. And if we can simply walk that out and keep our eyes on the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Amen? For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. It never will. And I can't help but think about the Israelites and how they, they come out of Egypt, walk through this, this ocean of water, if you will, had this miraculous salvation moment that none could deny, and they get up on the other side, and it only takes a few moments where they're like, God who? I know Moses went up. He's been gone a couple weeks now. <laughs> he may not be coming back. Let's go melt some stuff down, make a cow. At least we're familiar with that. Seemed to work for the Egyptians. And I can't help but think about how God made the law, and he passed it on to the Israelites. And how Moses must have been encouraged in that. He must have come down the mountain, you know, with, with these ten laws and said, surely, 
surely we can do this. We're not, we're not asking too much, right? Surely we can do this. And I can imagine him rallying people together. And probably for a little while they did well. But then the cares of this world started to creep in. And that malice started to creep in. And they just slowly let that natural man eat away at the experience that their soul had previously. You see, because I believe that the, the soul there recognized that, that God was near. I mean, let's face it, when they had the tabernacle, they could see his presence day and night. They had to know God was near, but yet the natural man spoke so much louder to their soul than the Spirit of God that was written before them. And so the natural, the sinful nature is always hostile to God. And that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. One, they can't enter his presence. With that sin in their life, it is, it is putting the veil back up that separates them from God. And then two, if that sinful nature is there and that spirit, that Holy Spirit is not there, then they're not getting the revelation of God either. So the cool thing about, and I should have kept you up here, Daryl, but I didn't. But the cool thing about Daryl standing here is, is that he had to listen to the world. And we have to, we're in the world, but not of the world, right? So, so we've got to learn to take all of this in and go, okay, I'm not going to care about that. I'm not going to care about that. We've got to get to the doctor's appointment on Tuesday, right? Um, but there's, there's a beautiful picture of repentance in that is that I go to the world and I step in this and I go, ooh, I shouldn't have stepped in that, right? There's this beautiful picture of repentance because to repent means to turn. And very clearly with the soul in the middle, you could see Daryl turn and now his attention is on the spirit. And so just as a visual aid, if you will, there's a picture there of repentance. It is a turning away of, from the world, of all the sins, of all the, the world clamoring for our attention, and it's focusing on the Spirit of God. And so, so in, that, in that tug of war that's going on, and as our attention gets, gets pulled from one to the other, we just have to recognize that, that even if we make a misstep somewhere, that the opportunity to repent is no more than turning. Verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And there's an interesting note here, and I think this again is just to put it on our hearts. It says, remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them, those who don't know Christ, never known salvation, never known his presence, in them uh, do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. And that's talking about an eternal life there. And, um, and, and your, your body will decay. Your body will die at some point. But eternity depends on your, your soul and your spirit. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. And it says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. And what that says is you are free. You are free to ignore every input from the world, every time it clamors for your attention, every time it tempts you into something that you know is not right and that spiritual voice comes up in your ear. It says you have freedom to tell the world no. You have the freedom to tell the world no. Turn your back to the world and seek after the Spirit. So if you will, I'm closing. So there was a song this morning that we sang. Um, couple of them, actually, that, that went right along with this. And uh, I don't know, is someone coming? Are you playing? All right, Peter's coming. All right. Glad we had that worked out. So there's a song we sang this morning, and, uh, and the verse says, more of you and less of me. And that, again, ought to be the cry of our heart, and that takes us right back to where we started. We've got to have the desire to, to lock our gaze with Christ, to, to be at one with the Spirit, to let that whole spirit man that's within us be the predominant man. We, we've got to, to learn to tell the world no, turn our back to it, focus on the, the leading of the Spirit, and follow how the Spirit leads. The Spirit is looking for every opportunity searching everything to share a word with you that reveals a mystery that God has prepared for us. And so as, as we go through life, as we have to navigate through the world and, and navigate through, through all the clamoring and, and all the attention-grabbing stuff that's out there, we have got to have our spirit man nurtured and fed and strong so that, so that when we're having to operate over here in the world, that we're not distracted by the world and lose completely the attention that we have in our spirit, man. So how do we do that? We do that through prayer. We do that through reading. We do that through word. We do that through ministry. One-on-one -on -one in settings like this. We do that by allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. Because some of the greatest ministry and encouragement that, that I know I've received in my life is when I have dared to be courageous enough to share that word that meant nothing to me, but meant to everything to somebody else. It was a word that, that, that didn't make any sense. It's completely disconnected from, from anything that had just happened in the room. But somehow that was something that they were in prayer about. It was something that meant something in that person's life. And some of the greatest encouragement is not receiving a blessing, but it is in being a blessing. So I'm going to encourage you today. And I just want to open up the altars this morning. And it's a little self-convicting for me because I know what kind of day I had yesterday. But the world can be loud and distracting. And it can be challenging to 
lay aside self. And that, that can just be hard. Because one, it's, it's familiar. It's what you've grown up with. It's what you've always known. But I just want to open up the altars and, and give you the opportunity to, uh, to meet someone up here. And I'm sure we'll have our, our leadership come. That if you need prayer, if you've allowed the world to invade on the territory of the Spirit. If you, like that oak tree, have got things that are clinging on to you that, that need to be let go. Let's just come and agree in prayer this morning that God will allow that spirit to rise, allow that new growth to come and push out some of those old things. That you'll turn this morning from whatever distraction the world may have lured you into and focus on the spirit this morning. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Will, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.